Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Inventive and wildly fun, Nuts recounts the unbelievable true story of John Romulus Brinkley, a Kansas doctor who in 1917 discovered that he could cure impotence by transplanting goat testicles into men. From there, the story only becomes more bizarre. Mixing hand-drawn animated reenactments, interviews, archival footage, and a very unreliable narrator, Nuts traces Brinkley's rise from poverty and obscurity to the heights of celebrity, wealth, and influence. This is a terrific documentary, really a lot of fun. And I dare say, and Penny, you uh, help me out on this, there are some parallels to some current people in, our, in the public realm. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about all of that. But first, let's introduce the director of this wonderful film, Penny Lane. Penny, welcome to Film Hi, School. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome <laughs> back to Film School. <laughs> well, um, the uh, yeah, so, well, I guess, really, how did you find out about John Romulus? And let's, we're not even sure if that's actually Romulus Brinkley. <laughs> uh, but let's, uh, how did you find out about him? I heard about him um, in my local public library. I just found a book about him, and I thought it was a crazy story that I was very surprised that I'd never heard before. Okay. And it's just so you read the book, you're, you're, you know, thinking, were you in the, were you between projects? Is this something you had in mind for a while? You just decided to put it off until you had it. How did it become? Oh, no, no, no. I was not between, never between projects. (laughs) Uh, No, uh, this was just, it was in 2008. Uh uh, And I, and I was working on a bunch of things at the time, but I was very struck with this story and I, you know, added it to the list. Um, But the thing that really got me excited about it, I mean, so I love the story. The story is great. But I think that um, there's a lot of really great stories. And so there has to be some other reason that you decide to make a film, right. you know, by yourself with no support. So, <laughs> um, so the thing that really got me hooked on it was that I was telling people about this book I had read. And the book is called Charlatan, and it's by Pope Brock, who's one of the main interview subjects in my film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd, be say, I'd say, oh, I just read this book about this guy who, you know, in the 1920s was curing impotence with goat testicle transplantation. And people would sort of look at me with this strange expression on their face, um, and, and they would say, well, did it work? Right. You know? Right. <laughs> and, and I'd say, no, of course it didn't work. But, you know, but I had read this entire book, and I, I, the book was called Charlatan. I mean, I knew that it didn't work before, you know, opening even this book. So... So what people, what I realized was that people were willing to believe that it did work even a hundred years later, which I found amazing. Mm-hmm. And not only were they willing to believe, but they kind of seemed to want to believe. Yes. Like they, they seemed to be, they wanted me to say yes. They looked a little disappointed when I said no. I think that's the essence. I think that is it. We want to believe these, this stuff, right? Because it's easy yeah. and simple, oh, yeah. and why not? Sure, we'll just put some kind of other testicles in there and it'll work but okay so so yeah. so, so is that what so that sort of spurred you like okay people really seem to be you know into this yeah it made me think about you know what what are the kinds of stories we're predisposed to believe right mm-hmm. so because if, if you can identify what those stories are then you can really fool people a lot better 
So if you want to believe in the story of the, the little man who's born with nothing, who works his way up to the heights, you know, of fortune with nothing but his own genius, then, you know, if I, if I tell you something kind of crazy and unbelievable but wrapped inside of that story, you're much more likely to believe it because you want to. Yeah. So that was the kind of thing that I started thinking about. And I didn't have to work that hard to come up with those stories because that's what Brinkley did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, wrapping a, one little thing about him into this big made-up story. This is, the, this is the story that he told, the story of, of him and his miracle cure and the, you know, bad establishment men who want to shut him down and, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, and there's a lot more to him, and, and it's, I mean, the, the goat testicles part is just one aspect, one part of his life. Uh, and yeah. and so that's again, uh, you know, you, it, just to your point, it isn't just about that. It is that the fact that he, wow, what an amazing story about his political career invents what yeah. we now know as junk mail. I mean, there's just a number of this and this radio station that he established. Yeah, all of yeah. it, all of it is just remarkable. Um, so, so is that all in the book in Charlatan? Was that all the, the sort of the details? Yeah, the oh, yeah, yeah okay. definitely. Yeah, I mean, what I did was, you know, it, like years and years of archival research and to get imagery because, of course, you know, the book didn't have moving pictures in it. So right. <laughs> so there was, you know, a lot of other work I had to do. The book, the book is actually quite different from my film because, again, the book is called Charlatan. He's yeah. not trying to fool you. Right. My movie is very different. You know, it's very much set up to kind of take the viewer on a certain kind of journey. Yeah. Um, and they have a certain kind of realization at the end. Well, let's set, let's set this, the, the context for, for, uh, for John Romulus Brinkley. He was, mm-hmm. okay, so let's go back. He was born in the eight, in the 1800s. If I am, and he, by 1917, he claims to have discovered a cure for impotence. Mm-hmm. So, th- so that's it. So let's go from there. So 1917, uh, the guy, and it's in your f- film. And by the way, it, your film is uh, wonderful in its visual presentation. You work, you weave into it this, uh, the, the photos and some archival footage, but a lot of it is these uh, reenactments as well as the animation, which are terrific, really really bring home uh, the story as well as add an element of, of a lot of fun in watching uh, Nuts as well. But so set the, set the context where it's is right around the time of World War I. Obviously the country, there's a lot going on in the country and a lot of these kinds of people are running around. I mean, it's, it's so, so set a little right. bit of that context up for us. If you will, right? But you, you mean historical context for like medical quackery? I'm not sure I know what you mean. Uh, well, yeah, no, I mean, what what would give rise to some? What would were sort of was there something particular about this period of time that would that would have uh, lent itself to giving him some credibility, or is this, or is it just that this could happen anytime, anywhere? Oh yeah, I mean, I think okay, so it's both, right? So the, it's so in one way, yes, because we were just in science, starting to learn about the body's glandular system. Mm -hmm. And so people were starting to understand there were these things called hormones. Uh, You know, insulin was uh, sort of discovered and isolated in the 20s as well, and that guy won the Nobel Prize. So that's the sort of scientific background, Mm -hmm. and that's really important because what a quack does is a quack will identify 
the edge, like the, fr- the frontier of science and say, oh, here's what your, all the exciting new discoveries are. And, you know, real scientists will do experiments to find out if something works, you know, and learn about it. But a quack will just say, like, oh, uh, glands, yeah, I can, I can market that, <laughs> you know. Uh, like, they don't really know how it works, but they just sort of take it and run with it. So that's the context medically. But the other, on the other hand, it's nothing specific about that period because John Brinkley's playbook is identical to every other quack's playbook. I've never seen them ever do anything but what he did. It's the same story told the same way with the same arguments being made, um, the same kind of rhetorical strategies. And it's, just, it's, just, it's probably been the same since forever. I don't know. But for as long as I can tell in history, these people have been operating exactly the same way, and they're operating the same way today. Well, let's dive into the the personality of John Romulus Brinkley. What was it about? He was he a gregarious man? Was he how how did he present himself to the world that w- that they would believe in the things that he was saying? He was very um, dignified and learned, and he would uh, you know I mean he, he presented himself in a certain way. He wore very nice clothing. He uh, had a wall of degrees. You know they were all fake, but he had a wall. Of degrees behind him um, so yeah so like that's all kind of the case and then he had a beautiful you know low voice it was very beautiful and people loved hearing him on the radio yeah and speaking of the power of radio by the way we're, we're speaking with Penny Lane she's the director of the new documentary nuts it opens here in Los Angeles uh, today and uh, we'll be where it's rolling out across the country I assume um, after today yes it opened the film opened two weeks ago in in new york at film forum and it's opening here in los angeles at cine family as well as the pasadena playhouse and go to yes. the website you can go to nutsthefilm.com and you can find out where it it is and where it's been where it has played and where it will be playing and it starts to roll out across the country from there and it's a lot of theaters uh around the around the country it was the jury award-winning uh documentary at Sundance for editing as well as screening at a number of uh, prestigious international film festivals so uh, so here he here he is so he's sort of got a lot of people uh, John um, Romulus Brinkley I love his name by the way Romulus yeah it's it, great. <laughs> now that, that's an allusion to to uh, a, a Greek god or a Roman god I don't remember which I assume it's a Roman god mm. I, but, the founder of Rome yes that would make sense yeah and <laughs> yeah. so, so, so there you go. So, and he, so he's taken on this bearing. He has these fake degrees. He presents himself in such a way people want to believe what he's saying. And, but from there, and I don't want to give away a whole lot about the film because I want people to see it. It's really a remarkable story, uh, uh, him mm-hmm. and by itself. But, and you, so, so help me if, if I dive too deeply into this, but once he sort of <laughs> becomes frustrated as, uh, as a, as a doctor, he decides to move into other realms. And so uh, how much do you want to talk about that? Because he has a political career. Well, I, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I think, you know, the, we're leaving out the radio. I mean, that's really the big... So, you know, in 1917, he starts doing these goat testicle transplants. He becomes quite successful um, through his advertising and public relations efforts. He was very... He was sort of doing public relations before anyone even had a word for that. Yeah. Um, he was just very, very savvy about getting the word out and convincing people. So, 
And then, you know, in the early 20s, there's this new thing that starts to be invented, and it's coming on the scene called radio. And he was, he was just very early. He saw that radio, what radio could do, and he was, he was just on it. So he had one of the first radio stations in the country was his, and it was incredibly popular. So he started the station in Kansas in 1922, and uh, by the 1930, it was the most popular radio station in the country, and it was p- very powerful, had a very big um, transmitter, and he would play like, country music and, you know, marching bands, lectures, you know, tell me a story lady, and all these amazing mm-hmm. fun things, and then he would also get on the station and talk about impotence and goat testicle cures. Um, and he talked about these kind of sexual matters that that most doctors at the time wouldn't really talk about. So this is the kind of this is the sort of stage that he's on by the by 1930. And then in 1930, the Kansas State Medical Board decided to take his medical license away because he's you know <laughs> not really a doctor. Um, and uh, and and then the Federal Radio Commission, which is now the FCC, decided to take away his radio license because he was using his radio station, they said, for, you know, his own good and not the public interest. This is all in the first act of the film. I mean, I'm not... I'm not yeah. This isn't really like spoilers, you know? Yeah, right. So that's the kind of context in which when he had his medical license and his radio license taken away, you might think... You know, okay, well, he's done. What can he do now, right? <laughs> he's probably just going to go home and give up. But his response instead was to run for governor of Kansas yeah. and have the craziest campaign ever, like just the most bizarre campaign in American history, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, although although we do have people on the scene who are trying to top that. How's that? Is that, is that they're trying? Yeah, to, they're I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, here's a guy who has no political yeah. experience at all. Yes, he's a very wealthy businessman. Yes, um, he's he's essentially a reality TV star. Yes, you know, everybody knows him from his his video programs and his endless print ads and his, you know, uh, he made films that played in movie theaters across the country about him and his cure. He was. Totally a celebrity. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, by the way, we're speaking with Penny Lane, director of the new documentary Nuts. It's opening here in Los Angeles at CineFamily, as well as the Pasadena Playhouse. That's the Limley Theater and other theaters. Go to, um, go to nutsthefilm.com and I'll find out more about it. Um, was he a, what you would refer to as, was he a lovable rogue? Was he all business? What was his sort of personality type in terms of, uh, of he, you know, we're, people drawn to him because he had this kind of roguish uh, attitude or what would that he may have been lovable kind of one-on-one like i really don't know what his bedside manner was but his public persona was very much the rebel i mean it was all about like you know you you try to you you know so when when he ran for governor for example one of the things he said was the harder they hit me the higher i bounce Mm, yes, you know, that's right. he just—he was just like, "Go ahead, come after me, yeah, come after me, and see what happens." And that was kind of his—he was, and it's—and it's fun to. I mean, it's fun now, even if you know he's a bad guy. Yeah. you cannot help but kind of root for him 
because he's so creative and uh, forceful and effective in getting around these, like, government regulations and all these things that he has to kind of find a way to, you know, like, part of the fun of the film is that, you know, throughout his career, there are all these people that are trying to stop him. Yeah. And it's, he seems kind of unstoppable. It, it, it is true. It's it, it's the uh, sticking it to the man kind of attitude that we yeah, love in exactly. these guys. And everybody likes that. Oh guy. yeah, <laughs> and we, absolutely. And and it's his audacity. And again, one of the things I mean, you can look at you know the Bernie Madoffs of the world, or there's a number of people over the world over the recent history of this country that you would say were were this audacious. They just. They they literally were all yeah. in. They were they didn't hold back and like a good actor were were convincing because I think as George Costanza once said, if you believe it, it's not a lie, right? I mean, it's kind of that's yeah. sort of the attitude that that he what seems to me from the film that he had was you know he believed it or at least he was able to project that it. I had so much fun watching this film. I, I have to tell you. Uh, it, Thank you. Yeah, it really is. It is meant to be fun. <laughs> it is. It is. And it's, I mean, I imagine that there, there was some damage done by his, you know, implanting goat testicles in, in, in people, you know, real damage. And that for that is, you know, awful. But, but there is <laughs> just something about him and his bearing. He looks like an uh, kind of a even though he was sort of sticking it to the man, he presented himself at least in the in the photos as a sort of a almost a, a royal. There's a regal bearing to his his appearance, uh, like yeah, a, like an yeah. industrialist of that era, right? What's that? Like an industrialist of that era. He's sort of yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, he's got the you know he's got the cravats and the you know <laughs> the golden toothpick and whatever. <laughs> he wore a lot of diamonds and gold jewelry. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, listen. I, unfortunately, we just run out of time. I could talk to you all day, uh, and I, I, I so much uh, love your work, uh, Penny. Uh, obviously, our Nixon wonderful documentary, and this one as well. Um, continued success uh, in in all of your thank endeavors. you. Yeah, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, and once again, the film is uh, Nuts, and you can go to nutsthefilm.com to find out all you want to know about it, as well as where it'll be screening. Sundance award-winning film. Uh, and uh, thank you, Penny Lane, director of Nuts, for coming here again to film school. Thank you for having me. It was great. Thank you, Penny. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.